Thank you. Good. That was great. Thank oh, you. Really good. Well, thanks a lot. And thanks for coming. Should we leave the... Um, great. No, why don't you just put that back there? Strike and... it? Yeah. <clears throat> We've done a few shows for Corky before, Thank so we know all so the terms much. already Thank going you. in. Thanks Thank so you. much. It Thank was really you. fun. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to episode t- night two, two yes. of a very happy Hanu Katie and Kimberly, a.k.a. Hana, can you feel the love tonight? <laughs> did you like that? I thought it was really good. And I couldn't, come- think- I couldn't have thought of it. I'm going to come up with more. Okay. There's a few that I have on the back burner that I can't wait. So definitely read okay. the descriptions of these episodes, guys. I'm putting some effort in. Yeah, there's some punnage going on. There is. Uh, so our first episode was... Bad Blood. Bad Blood. <laughs> there we go. And I we sang a bit. We might sing a bit this time. I don't know. We've been in the singing mode. But Katie's been doing this thing where she's been actually putting a lot, not, okay, not actually. She always puts way too much effort into the editing. And she's going above and beyond this time by putting songs at the beginning and the end of each episode. So make sure you listen all the way through in case there's like a funny something or other. Yeah. Not, not to put pressure on you, but I think this one has to be good now that I've mentioned it. Oh, brother. Yeah. All right. I have ideas. Okay. Well, we haven't really talked about the episode yet, so you shouldn't have ideas. We haven't. And we haven't on purpose. I wanted to text you about a hundred times to talk about the episode. We usually never talk about the episodes before we are actually talking. I try to sometimes and you tell me to not. You say, say, stop it. Save for the podcast. She does. In that, in like a yelling. Yeah, I do. Scolding. Save it for the podcast. What are you new? Are you new here? (gasps) What What are you you new? We save it for the podcast. <laughs> um, so this episode is called Final Curtain. And I can't remember what the original episode is called. I have an idea. I think it's called Curtain Call. I don't know. That might I be... didn't look it up, but I was like, I bet you the original is called Curtain Call. I honestly can't remember. Um, I could have looked it up. I just did not. Uh, Let's go with Curtain Call because that should have been the name of it if it wasn't. Yeah. So Final Curtain, hosted by Mankey, because this is part of Dateline's Thanksgiving, which is now an official holiday. It was started a long time ago in the Twitterverse by People Are Wild, I think. I mean, I'm giving her credit for it, Kim. Um, she did it. And then we all just started tweeting, and then finally Mank, I think, was begging for it. And then they did it. And now it's happening. It's real. And he deserves it. It's the best it. thing ever. But I feel like he might be now so big, he's never going to want to come talk to us again. Because now he has spawned a national holiday. Who else can say that? The trees? Lead Earth, with that in your message to him. President Lincoln? Are you <laughs> Are you too big? Or can we have a 15-minute conversation about these yeah. episodes? And he'll be like, no, I'm bigger than Columbus, bitch. And then he'll hang up the phone. Because Columbus has his own holiday, too. But barely, right? Isn't Columbus's holiday? Columbus's going holiday away? is for sure waning, and it's not yeah. like you don't get it off work all the time anymore or school because we realized he was not the best role model for people because of the genocide. <laughs> so, 
This episode is season 27, episode 9, November 30th, 2018. But like we mentioned, it is a um, updated of an original Dateline. Mm-hmm. So the and new parts update. here. Yeah. I don't remember who we haven't talked to before. I believe it's Chris, who's the new one. I don't think we we ever got Chris before. I feel like I would have remembered Chris. Like Rachel, I remember. So how many times do they mention acting or the stage in this episode? I was going to keep track and then I, I just stopped because it was way too many. Like the metaphors. I couldn't, I couldn't keep track. I thought oh, I was yeah. going to. How does it open? Does it open with all the worlds of stage? Something like that. Oh. It ends with that. Mm. Um, okay. I, something like that. Yeah. So it's about Rachel Buffett and Dan Wozniak, who are in Orange County. This is, I would say, mid. Hmm. It's a nicer part of the part of Orange County that's not. This is in mid-range Orange County. So we have high-end Orange County, sort of where the beaches are. You're looking at your Dana Point, your Laguna Beach. And then you have sort of the slummier parts of Orange County, which are the more inland portions of Orange County. So parts of Anaheim, the places like that. And then you have places like Costa Mesa, which is you can go to the beach. Like it's definitely close to the beach, but it's not like a Newport Beach or a super, super fancy billion dollar homes on the beach type place it's a little more mid-range but i would say it is still an expensive place to live in orange county it is not on the lower end you are looking in the mid mid high rent area yeah it is i mean it would be a lot for someone coming out of college to move to costa mesa oh yeah this is coming from someone who who lived in santa barbara in college and i died i was so poor because like everything's more money the the supermarkets more money right everything right so i don't know but what that the reason we're talking about it is it plays a part yeah it does kind of it definitely does these people wanted to be upper end orange county but their money troubles were very lower end anywhere in the world like they were struggling and the reason is because they are actors I mean, they are working actors, but, which means, but they were not good actors. They're not, they're not actors. They're musical theater actors. <laughs> this is not Hollywood going out for commercials and going out. For no, movies. I mean there might be some there might be some commercial agents down in that area that shoot sure. smaller local commercials. Sure. Rachel worked at Disneyland, which is what every starting actor tries to do. And she was a princess, which is the dream gig of the starting out actors. Her boyfriend, Dan, well, fiance, was a local community theater hero. It seemed like he starred in like every community theater performance and maybe got recognized maybe once at the supermarket and it made him feel really good. Yeah, like he went to Jersey Mike's. Yeah. And they were like, hey, hey, I saw you in that. I know you. My wife dragged me to the show the other yes. night and I saw you. And he yeah. was like, that was I, kind sir. Tip of the hat. And that All is the exactly how he, would, how he would have responded. Yes. I am a bit of a, I'm a bit of a bard. <laughs> and then everyone vomits. Yes. All over their jersey mic soaps. musical theater. And this is something, this is why I was so excited about this episode. Because I think Kimberly and I can safely say that we are experts in musical theater people. Experts. Absolutely. 
in theater people yeah. in general. We we went to school in it. We are like, we are we theater know people. These people. Yeah. We know them. And we know we are them. We know this. Uh-huh. We don't like them just as much as you don't like them, but we are them. Do you want to get into right now what it takes to actually be a Disney princess in case our listeners don't know? Or should we save that for the end? I don't care. What do you think? Well, we do have a friend that was, while we were in college, she was Ariel. Mm -hmm. And she was in the parades. And she was a face character. And what happens is My cousin was also Ariel. Oh, there you go. Jen. So it's like, but it's a... It's an unbelievably rigorous audition process. Yeah, I to got to round one. You went to work at the park. I got to round one, and then I got denied. Can you please tell this story? It was like a casting call, and I really was sure I would at least get to round two. To just work at the park, do anything. Yeah, not to audition for a character. No, I was going to be working at the, on the rides. You were going to be working on the rides with like a wrench. No, and like a belt. letting what people into about? the things. Oh. Like I wanted to work at the Alice in Wonderland ride and, you know, let people on two by two into their little caterpillars. It was so, so rigorous. And I did not have any tattoos, which were banned at the time. I didn't, right. didn't even have my ears pierced. Like I was not, they had such strict guidelines of how short men's hair had to be and how long women's hair had to be and how, you know, and earrings and tattoos. No, obviously, like. Earrings, yes. Tattoos, no. Um, but yeah, and then we, I didn't, we did know a guy who was um, Peter Pan or something too. It was in theater school with us, and he t- would talk about the hijinks that would happen backstage. Exactly, because there's all these. Like, I did also work later with a guy who was Goofy, so that was a mascot character, and he would talk about some of the debaucherous things that would happen because they like have all those like sort of tunnels and uh-huh. back areas where all the characters live and the characters go out for 15 minutes. It's a pretty good gig if you can get it. It's not high paid at all, which is weird. It's like pretty low paying. I think they made like $13 an hour, $12 an hour, which is surprising for being a major character at Disney. But it's like 15 minutes on, then an hour off. No, that's it's not something right. Like it's that. half and half. That's what... No, the mascot characters, it is not. I'm pretty sure. Because of the danger of their thing. I don't think it's more than 20 minutes. It's like 20 on, 20 off then. Are you sure? Because he told me it was long periods of time in between. No, I think he was lying to you. I always heard it was like 30 minutes on, 30 minutes off, or 15 on, 15 off. Oh, well, there you go. So, but but the face character auditions were really, really hard. There was one time that I looked for a casting call. It had was so descriptive of like literally down to high cheekbones. You had to be between 5'7", but not above 5'8". You could only be these heights because that was the height of the costume. Huh. And it was cr- it was crazy. And so when you go in for that face audition, you go in for an initial like lineup and they immediately cut it down to, you know, a third of the people that show up. Then mm-hmm. if you're called back, you go into a movement test. And then if you're called back again, you go into a full hair and makeup test where they see how much you look like the character. It's unbelievably difficult to get to be a Disney princess. So do we be- so knowing this information? Do you really think that Rachel was a Disney princess, or do you think she just yeah. worked at Disneyland? She's no, very cute. The Dateline producer tweeted that she did. Um, Who I was she? She was Ariel and hang on, Dateline producer 
Rachel, they tweeted some really good stuff, actually. I have a few of their tweets. Oh, I'm excited. That was like, why didn't you put that in the episode? Alice in Wonderland and Ariel. Oh, she was Alice? Alice, I could Mm -hmm. see. She looks very young. She has Mm -hmm. a very young look, so it seems like she could play... I don't know. I feel like Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty look a little bit older, but... Yeah, Yeah, maybe. Alice has to look really young. Um, Really quick, too. Never mind. I'll come back to it. Are you sure? Go Go forth. Continue on, please. (laughs) Yes, young squire. Yes. yes. (laughs) So what was weird about Rachel and Dan, they were like acting together in theaters. And then she says, like, she thought they were just friends. And then... They moved shortly after they moved in together. She realized she was in love with him. And I couldn't realize, like, did they move in as roommates first? Yeah. Or did she move in with him as a boyfriend and then realize she was in love with him? Roommates, but he always liked her. Right, of course. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, she's way more attractive than he is. Let's just get that out of the way. She looks like a doe-eyed blonde little like skipper doll she looks like alice and, from alice in Wonderland. and yeah, yeah and he looks like um he looks like a doughy george Costanza. <laughs> um he looks like he drinks he looks like a like he drank a drunk a lot of alcohol at uc irvine and then yeah i mean he's got that kind of like uh well when oliver saw him he's like he's got the beer puff is what Oliver yes. said. And I was like, yes. oh, and then like sort of this black. And the f- showing facial, like showing goatee. the chest hair. Yeah. Yeah. With his shirt, top button's always open for some reason. Because <sighs> an and he actor always seemed kind of sweaty. He always yeah. seemed kind of sweaty. Yeah. Um, okay. So they moved into this apartment complex called Camden. <laughs> what is it? What's the problem? <laughs> Camden Martinique. Why don't you like it? Just, it's so stupid. It's a lot. It's so pretentious. It's a lot. Camden Martinique apartment complex. <laughs> it's so dumb. Are Could we you in name France? Your child that? I was like, Camden this is my Martinique. daughter, Camden. Oh, what's Camden her middle name? Martinique. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I would do. And she would be a stripper. Wait, what's so, the Camden Arms? Is that another famous apartment building? Isn't that like British something? Yeah, but is that like an apartment in in a different show? Camden Arms, save big on hotels with Expedia. Okay. Pembury, Pembury Royal Tunbridge Wells. Pembury Royal Tunbridge Wells. Camden Arms Hotel. So maybe I was. Did something big happen there? Maybe I was trying to go to London and I was just looking at hotels. Who knows? Maybe someone was murdered there. Maybe, but I doubt it. It's probably more like me delving into an internet hole. Okay, go ahead. So they never had money before because they were struggling actors. And now for some reason they chose Camden Martinique to move into, um, which I think was a kind of expensive apartment complex. It was 2200 a month. There you go. Which in 2010 is st- a lot. Oh, yeah. No, that's crazy. But I think I don't think that was the actual rent money. I think someone else on Twitter said it was 1600 a month. And the other money was for other money owed. Okay, we'll get to it. Okay. So they were engaged to get married, Dan and Alice in Wonderland, um, Rachel. So they were hanging out all the time with their neighbors, including Sam, who was this hot veteran, probably had PTSD. Hot vet? And hot vet. Hotvet.com. And that seems 
offensive. Kate. Oh, not like our town, ta- our time. No, I feel like hot bet is fetishizing veterans and, they and veterinarians. Like exactly, and I'm thinking specifically of Big Top. What's his name? Big Top. Remember? Come on, what Big Top. About? Top. Top soldier, soldier top, soldier top Brad. Oh there, I got there. Soldier top Brad. That soldier top Brad. That from, was a journey you took. That was Michael Peterson in the staircase. Yes, soldier top Brad. Soldier yeah. top Brad was the escort, and he I was had like to the explain best witness on the stand to ever. Greg what top what meant because he didn't know. Greg, you've He's been called pure. out. He's Christian, pure. Okay, you don't know. Okay, okay, so. There was all these people hanging out at this place. It was like Melrose Place, I guess. The, yeah. They all hung out. So Sam is this veteran, and he has this nice friend, Julie, who is tutoring him and is his friend, but like no – nothing more than that, I guess. And they make friends with Rachel and Dan. Also in the mix is Violet and her then-husband <gasps> – Love Violet. Have no problem with Violet. I like Violet. I really like the name Violet, so I was really into her. Here's the wildest thing. Do you know how she spells her name? No, I didn't have captions on. What? What we got? I mind freaking blown, and we're definitely adding next set of bingo cards. Why is your name spelled like that? Yeah. Violet, V-Y-L-E-T. You know she has no say in it, right? That you need to have issue with her parents. I don't have issue with anybody. I don't judge. But she. a lot of these people have changed their name when they got older to a fancier spelling. You don't know know that. I know so many people that did that. Okay. But it's fine. Do what you want to do. It's fine. How bad is Amber spelled A-M-B-U-R-R? What? How bad is it? If Amber, like Aaron Burr, right? If Amber is spelled A M B U R R, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. But if it was winter time and your name was Amber, would you sign things Amber? All cute, like Burr. It's cold outside. No, I would think a- Aaron Burr, who shot Hamilton. Okay, because Amber's out there. Let me know. A dot Burr. That's what I would think. But in wintertime, Amber's out there. Do you spell There is no name? one named Amber A-M-B-U-R-R. But, okay. No one. Maybe when there, you... It's not even possible. Okay. If there is, I will give you $100. Wow. Me? If you can send me... No, if they can send me or you can find me their driver's license. But they have to know shows... them. It can't just be... You can't Google Amber. No, no. no. Someone has to find someone and... They have to contact us. Okay. Date, dateline at gmail.com. Okay. So, 100 bucks. I'm serious. So, okay. Violet. Violet. So, there's all these people hanging out. So, Rachel and Julie, the tutor, would do ballet together in their bathing suits by the pool. Yeah, so Katie just rolled her eyes. At this point, I was like, Rachel's guilty of being one of those girls who acts silly by doing ballet in a bathing suit by the pool, but only when guys are around right. for attention. Can she we wants just attention. clear that up? Right. They're not doing that when it's just them. No, they're not. So one night, a few days before Dan and Rachel's wedding, Julie gets a text from Sam 
a very strange set of texts. He's struggling. He's in emotional pain. He's hurting. No sex. Ew, Sam, it would be like sleeping with my bro. We're sis and bro. No sex. I just need a friend to talk to. I'm really struggling. My heart hurts so bad. No sex. No sex. Something weird like that. I didn't write it down verbatim. It's very, yeah, the no, yeah. No sex a lot of times. So Julie goes over there, never comes home. The next day, Sam's dad, who we'll get to. Yes. Who is like a Marlboro man who is now in a Viagra commercial all the time. Oh, yes. He is, yeah. He's like a silver fox, like kind of still handsome, ruddy cheeks, and sits on really? benches and looks out at parks. He looks, he's and like a Charlton Heston type. Yes, yes. Yes. And they're like, do you have trouble with impotency? Or it's like, um, try Chantix, quit smoking now. And he looks out over the park and thinks how free he is from smoking. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, you mean you're thinking okay. of like the Ray Liotta commercials. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit, but also the Viagra commercials because he looks just like those dudes in the Viagra commercials. They always have salt and pepper or gray hair, have a lady on their arm who's maybe a tiny bit younger, but not so much that it's gross. Right. And they go boating. They like sail sure. or they walk through parks sure. Um, and they look at water. And then the water is symbolic of how they can now get it up. So that sounds a lot like a Dateline B-roll. This was. This was his B-roll. This is what I'm saying. So the next day, Sam's dad goes to Sam's apartment to check on him, and he finds a girl dead, and it he's calls 911. So it they figure out that it was Julie, obviously. But first, they don't really know it's Julie, and the whole apartment complex is a buzz because Sam was nowhere to be found, and there's a dead girl in his apartment. So Violet had heard about the body from her now ex-husband, hmm, and she found Dan and Rachel, told them what was happening. And from her perspective, Dan's reaction was, was I the last person to see Sam alive? Oh my gosh, was I the last person to see Sam alive? And oh my, like freaking out. And then Rachel's reaction was that she was very upset and kept shaking her head and putting her head in her hands and that she had a terrible headache. That was their reaction. So, and then Rachel says when they found out it was affecting the whole atmosphere of the apartment building. How big is this apartment building? How many units are in the Camden Martinique? I think it's probably a hundred, but they had a little clutch going on, you know? But also, yes, murder does affect the atmosphere. I'm sorry the murder brought down the vibe of your apartment complex rachel but i would think since you had like a melrose place thing going that murder would just add to the vibe of everyone possibly having crushes on each other maybe swinging i don't know what was going on i might be analyzing in musical theater you know all the musical theater people in school half of our classmates were like we're so free with our bodies let's just have an orgy and then the rest are like no, just because you're a theater major doesn't mean that you do things like that. We'll we'll get to it. I have a eat. whole I have a whole explanation um, of theater majors in here for anyone who's not good. up to speak. Okay, yeah. so the body is Julie's, which is really sad because she seemed just so sweet, and her mom is just uh just crying the whole time, and her mom is 
looks so sweet and it's so, very yeah, sad. Yeah, the mom is great. Um, we've got we've got some great parents in this episode. Let's just yeah, put yeah. that out there right now. So she Julie's been shot twice in the head and her pants are cut like with the scissors. And this is weird so weird. This is our third message written by a body episode in a row. Oh, it is. No, is wait. that not so strange? Bad Blood had no message. The last one had no message. But the Mansion, two before that. I'm so sorry. You're right. We did insert Bad Blood. But we had Written mm-hmm. in Blood and Mansion whatever. Yeah. And Ocean Boulevard. Ocean, yes. And so this message, again, doesn't make sense to me. Um, all yours, comma, F you. Not sure if the comma was in there or if Dateline just added that. Or did I just I add that because I need it. A comma. I think you added it for your yeah for your. Grammar. I need it like I my, my brain will explode if there's no comma. Yeah. Um, so it's written on her sweatshirt. So the police find out really quickly that Sam, the veteran, had done some jail time at 18. He was charged in the murder of another teenager and he was acquitted. And I know nothing about that, but I would like to know more. And I'm hoping Katie's grinning like a Cheshire cat. I'm hoping she got a little bit more outside you. information. I got on you. That. I okay. got the whole thing. Good. Yeah. Because Dateline just goes right over it. Because it's kind of hard to find. I got it. Oh, good. I got it. So Sam is missing now, and the police think, well, he may have had something to do with this murder before, even though he got acquitted, but he is like a trained killer because he was he's a veteran, and Mm -hmm. he's missing now, and there's a dead girl in his apartment. It must be him. And then they're interviewing everyone at the apartment building, and Rachel says she had seen Sam earlier that day with a man in a black hat. Who became becomes a bit like the man with one arm. I can't. Um, Sam's ATM card was used to order That's a pizza. why you always leave a leave note. a note. That's not what I was trying to say at all, though. I was talking about the one armed man from the fugitive. I know. I, but still. I, I know what you did though. Okay, yeah. I see what you did. You're welcome. So Sam's card, ATM card, was used to order a pizza. So they go to the address of where the pizza was ordered. This kills me because remember when my credit card was stolen? Not stolen. Like they just got my numbers. And I, there were like $3,000 of money that I did not have charged to my card. And it was SOFA from um, Living Spaces wow. delivered to someone's house. Like – you, the police could just go to the person's house. There was pizza delivered to a person's house. Same person? And then there was, I think, yeah, I think so. Because um, it was all on the same day. And the police never seemed to care. I don't think they ever even investigated. But I was like, they got their pizza delivered to their house. And a sofa delivered to their house. Just go to their house. Where was this? This was in LA. The couch was delivered to someone in LA? I think. I don't never away? got to find out. So, oh. but I thought the pe- the police only have to make one call to living spaces yeah. or to the pizza place just yeah. to find out their address, but they didn't seem to care or want to investigate. But I'm just saying the same thing here, like Sam's ATM card is used to order pizza. So the police just go to where the pizza is being delivered. Like it's So no money's so taken dumb. out with the but there's money taken out with the card. Yeah, but that they don't know who did it, and they don't seem to like have video ATM cameras, cameras, ATM cameras for some oh, reason. Brother, all right. So go ahead. they go to the address of the pizza delivery place, and there they find a seventeen-year-old punk kid named Wesley Freelick. Frylock. Frylock. Does that not sound like a name from Hogwarts? 
Wesley Professor Frylock Wesley like Frylock. a Shakespearean character that's... We have Ronald Weasley. We yeah. have Professor um, uh, Flitwick. Yeah. We have Professor Lockhart. McGonagall. And so you're thinking Wesley Frylock is someone who's in Hufflepuff. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And, but instead, he is this, like, douchey bag of wieners, <laughs> a.k.a. a normal teenage boy. Like, no, I'm not, not saying, normal. I no. feel like he kind of is, and I hate him, but I feel like I would hate anyone that age, because he's so, uh. We'll, we'll get, we'll get to him, and I have Fashion Police on him and B-Roll Bonanza on him. Good. Okay, so... For, let's just talk about his interview then with Dateline. He's sitting in a stairwell. I can't. Again, I lost it, my mind. It looks like, for me, I thought commercial, again, like for giving up smoking. But like he's it's one of those teenage ones that they air on MTV and it's like, don't be hooked on smoking. No. And he's like in the... He's, stairwell. He's in a stairwell well, front lit, so there's all these shadows of the bars of the stairs behind yeah. him. He's sitting with one leg propped up, yeah, one is. leg long. I had to pause it because I was like squealing. And then Well at what he said and or then just he's first got, before were you squealing before he said what he said? Yeah. I was squealing at the stairwell. I said, surely not. <laughs> surely not and then i was like okay remember this is a musical theater episode so a lot of these people we meet are going to be actors and stage actors are just a different breed and i was like he want this is like the most dramatic backdrop we have had in a dateline interview in uh, that I don't know if I've ever seen something so dramatic with this 17-year-old kid with the knee propped up like he thinks he's James Dean. It, it reminds me of the episode of Murder, She Wrote when she was living in New York and she befriended a young actor yeah. who got in trouble because yeah. he borrowed some money and he was a New York theater kid, but he got involved in the wrong wrong kids that sounds on the identical. side of the street. That sounds exactly right, what Wesley And Frylock he would is. like meet with a guy in a stairwell and it was very dramatic and also it's a little bit like um now that you mention it like fame didn't they Mm -hmm. hang around on stair in stairwells a lot or fire escapes in fame and the problem is this is 2010 and his clothes look like they're from the fame era like he's in a khaki pant he wore a button down which i don't have a problem with sorry i know i'm skipping ahead but he has this weird fleece pullover vest on like he just wanted a little something yeah. Like a little male accessory, like to throw uh-huh. on this weird little... I was very confused by the vest because to me it was like a camping one. Like if you were like Patagonia 100%. and you were like one of those people on the East Coast who goes like rafting or something. But or like he lives upscale, in Seattle. Upscale, yeah. And instead he's 17 years old wearing this weird sort of 50-year-old man fleece pull zippy vest. In Orange County. In Orange County. In a stairwell. I could, I was like, get, arrest that man. So what was your reaction when he said what he said? Why don't you tell our lovely listeners what he said? Okay. So he says, and I quote, I'm sitting in front of officers of the law, handcuffed. I'm obviously, literally, I'm sorry, I can't say this in a G-rated way. My balls were inside of me. I was shitting myself and I was nervous as all hell. I'm sorry, I just said the S word. He said, 
I'm sorry. He apologizes to the Dateline cameraman. I'm sorry I can't say this in a G-rated way. My balls were inside of me. I was shing myself, and I was nervous as all hell. I just, okay, I squealed. I made a yeah. loud noise. Yeah. And I knew, because people on Twitter had said, oh my God, what? I can't even wait till hear what Katie's going to say about this guy, <laughs> says that it's about talking about his balls. But I wasn't expecting it. I just wasn't expecting I th- I thought maybe he'd say, like, I don't know, something innocent. Like, I was juggling a lot of balls in the air. Or even, like, I sat on my balls and it hurt because I was nervous. My balls were inside of me. It was not what I was expecting him to say. And then that he was shing himself. Here's the problem. Understandable. I had, I had... Teenage kid being interrogated, handcuffed. I paused so many times during his his section of dateline because i couldn't believe it the i paused actually right after the first part of that what he said the the officers of the law i paused and i said oh you've got to be kidding me because he would the way he said that was that that thing that you don't like that overly fancy just say Uh policemen or cops you don't need to say i was sitting in front of a law enforcement official and well, I was he's like, an actor too. Exactly. And I was like, that's the most dr-. And we have a few quotes in here that are so overly dramatic that right. I was like, you're kidding. But the way he was speaking right there, I was like, oh, he's going to be this kid who thinks he's really pretentious. And, you know, because he's read, I don't know, Waiting for Godot, he thinks he's the next Neil Simon. I don't know. Yes. But I was thinking that. And I was like, and then he says the next sentence. My <laughs> balls were inside me. And I was like, that's what? why I was like, he's just a regular teenager. Oh, he is. He's just a no. bag of wieners, like he every other male that teenager. Is excellent. And then like, I wrote down in my notes, Wesley is a potential orphan. That was my <laughs> next thought, which meant he has no parents. <laughs> I can't. He lives underneath the theater. Like he he goes to the theater every day. In a day. tunnel. I don't know he where his parents are. He lives in tunnels underneath the theaters. I don't where his parents, what happened. Were you raised by wolves? Who told you it was okay to talk about your balls on Dateline? Where is your mother? But yeah, just say, I'm so nervous. I was so nervous. And also, you know, why were but you so no, nervous? You know what he was thinking? Once. Our acting teacher told us to be descriptive when we're talking. Oh, you can't just say, I'm nervous. You have to paint a picture. You need a metaphor. You need a physical description. How can I fully express how nervous I am? My balls went into my body because I was so nervous. They frightened, they were frightened and they scurried up inside for protection. Like my heart was inside my chest. Like like um what's his name in Les Mis who's wrongfully accused of murder. Not they- what's his name? Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean number 6460 he, You're killing my Lemez metaphors. You leave those to me. Okay, but you know what I'm saying? Yes. yes. Like like him, like Jean Valjean, he is yeah. fleeing from his body separating from his emotions because he's so upset at what's transpiring. So his his symbolic essence of his manhood, right. his balls is returning to its right. It's returning home. to yeah. its mm-hmm. home. Yeah. I also want to make it clear that I was watching this episode with my mother, who we don't talk like that in our family. We keep the faith. 
uh, who made Katie write yeah. a letter to Amy Grant so, when she went secular. I think people get an, an idea that I was brought up in an extremely strict Christian household. So watching this with my mom, who now is much better and who claims that she never made me write that letter, but she's <laughs> she just forgets. Um, and she says, wait, what did he say? And I didn't repeat it. And she pretended like she didn't hear it. And I said, okay, because she had never watched a Dateline. She had never watched a Dateline? And I was like, this isn't normal for a Dateline, but I still went back and heard it again. This was her first Dateline with balls inside of her. And she said, wait, oh, I know this. And I said, so when I said that we interviewed Josh Mankiewicz, you had no idea what I was talking about. She goes, no, not really. Oh, my God. And I said, I can't. You have to leave my house. It was fine. Oh, my God. We got over it, but we had a discussion about... I would like to know what she thinks about Sheila Davalu. No, you don't. See if we can get over it. No, you don't. But she did not approve of Wesley Frylock and also thought perhaps he didn't. Who did? No one did. Yeah, no. Even I didn't. And I am like, whatever goes, it's fine. You are not not. like whatever goes. Why do I think I'm like that? I don't know. You always say that. I'm not judgy and I just let everything slide, which is the opposite. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Maybe it's what you really want to be. And it makes me sad that you're not like that. You're not your Hmm. true self. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. No, I am whatever goes. I always say things that um, come back to hit me in the face. That's true. And I do. Balls in in my face all the time. But he is a perfect bag of wieners. You are not kidding about that. Yeah. I stole that from, well, someone else had referenced. I won't say who because she'll get really mad. Um, Had said something to me about and said, what are you giving me a bag of? Yeah. You know, and I thought it was so funny. And I was like, I need to use that expression more. And I was like, I can't use it on the podcast unless I change it. But we is as, funny. As I was describing him, I was like, he's a full on Because it also makes me think of just like a bag of those little beanie weenies, the hot dog yeah. weenies. And I'm like, yeah, he's kind of just a bag of little beanie weenies. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, it's we also need to use that nonchalant douche, douchealant. That one of our amazing listeners. He's came not. Up with. He's an intense he, douche. He was an intense douche. I'm trying to think of someone else that was a douche. I'll oh, I get, know. Get I to know him later. Is. Yeah, I know yeah. who that is. Yeah, I got okay. that. Oh, I good. So, I'm glad we're in agreement on that. Yes. Okay. So he said, um, "Bag of Wiener says that he knew this guy who gave him the ATM card and asked him to take out the money for him." They were fellow actors, so they'd been in something together, like him and... The, the, guy, the guy that did this yeah. was Dan. No surprise. Dan. Um, I'm trying to think, like, what I can't place Dan, but I feel like he wears a puffy pirate shirt sometimes and thinks he's Gaston, but he's not attractive enough. But he would be cast as Gaston in... In this theater in several of these theaters they like him yeah he would definitely be the natural choice like people wouldn't even audition for that part because it's like right well, that's they'd be obviously. like dan's gonna get it but what i'm surprised is i felt like dan is a first name last name person and you have not said his last name a lot dan wozniak dan wozniak yeah, yeah. i'm just surprised because you keep saying dan and i'm like they say his dan first wozniak. and last name a lot and i don't know yeah. why i think wozniak is such a good last name i know somebody i know a wozniak it's a good one well there was a famous wozniak that was like big tech guy. He co-created like Apple, I wow. think. I like that name. Do you Steve like it? Steve Wozniak. Do you yeah, think I that's like cool? It. Yeah, I think it's Steve fine. Jobs I think it's is actually who name. did Apple. Um the the other guy Steven Steve? Wozniak is maybe Wait. I'm wrong and it's not Steven. No, it is. It's Steve Wozniak. Oh, okay. He 
is the largest tech guy, like blah, 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 in the world. He, Steve Wozniak founded Apple Computer with Steve Jobs in 1976. Kimberly knows things Katie doesn't know. Yeah. That's our new theme song. You oh. know how I know who he is? Why? Because he dated Kathy Griffin when oh. it was during Life on the D-List. And she would make so much fun about how she was dating this billionaire tech guy. And she's this like raunchy comedian girl. That's funny. Yeah. And he just wanted to he's, laugh. Because you could buy a, everything else, but you can't like, buy laughs. There you go. He was like a chubby teddy bear guy, like super nerdy. And so she would just make fun of him, but he had a good – he loved her spunk. And then they yeah. they broke up? They broke up, yeah. All right. Um, okay. But I was rooting for them. So the police found Dan at his bachelor party because I guess if one of your good friends slash neighbors – is now missing and there's a dead girl who you also were good friends with that are found dead um you don't cancel your bachelor party or your wedding no why not cool cool yeah that's fine cool cool so were sam and julie supposed to come to the wedding no because we find out later something else when dateline producer tweets something (gasps) because i had thought I had assumed they were both invited to the wedding. Right. And, but I guess they weren't. So they were new neighbor friends. Okay. Like, it was all fairly new. But I still think, let like, a late, if a couple people had canceled at the wedding, Rachel would have been like, you guys have to come. I'm so sorry we didn't invite you sooner. We totally meant because to. Because they had already paid for the heads. Like exactly. Head. And yeah, someone canceled. To. Exactly. Okay. Um, but so he, Dan is at, Dan Wozniak is at his bachelor party. At this, like, tequila sushi place something? It's, like, tsunami sushi something? I don't know. Something sushi. It was sushi? It looked like a strippy strip club. It did kind of as well. But did Dateline Um, just put in lights and stuff and make it seem like a strippy club? Maybe. Okay. No, I don't think. The outside was, like, in neon and it said something sushi. Okay. The police charged Dan with Julie's murder. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Was it Tokyo Delves? No. There are a few karaoke sushi places. Bet me money that's what he wanted to do for his bat- for his bachelor party, was karaoke Probably. so he could show off his singing voice. Oh, there you go. We'll get to his karaoke songs, but yeah. Go there ahead. you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so the police charge Dan with Julie's murder, and they bring him in. So now I have to think the wedding is like at least 85% canceled, right? Mm-hmm. You have it has to be right, but no. Well, when he's taken in for because it's in two yeah, days, right? Two the days before is the wedding. Be, yeah, yeah. Um. So Dan says, "Here's what happened. This is how I got involved with the ATM card. Sam confided in me, Sam the vet, that he tried to have sex with Julie, and she was said no, and so he shot her. And then Sam threatened to threatened." to hurt Dan Wozniak and fiance Rachel if Dan didn't help Sam the vet escape, like leave town. So Sam even offered Dan Wozniak money and Dan took it because he has a wedding to pay for and he's a romantic at heart. And it's all about this wedding, even though they can't even afford their rent, but whatever. Mm -hmm. So Dan also volunteers that 
the man in the black hat that Rachel talked about was a total lie. And I cannot for the life of me understand why he did this because it incriminates Rachel. It was the (sighs) That she knew something was going on that either he told her to lie about some guy in a hat or she was already involved and lied about this guy in the hat. No. Why even bring that up? Because Dan is so dumb that he thinks this is making him more believable to just admit that there was one lie. To just say, okay, there is one lie. He thinks that's going to make everything else more believable because you disclose this one lie. So obviously anything else that was a lie, you would also disclose. Right. He, no, right. he's not. He's, we'll get to how bad. Yeah. So yeah. dumb. Yeah. So Rachel thinks this is all a huge mistake. Dan will be released and it will all be cleared up before rehearsal dinner the next night. And I am getting so tired of hearing about your wedding week. Rachel, stop. Like, stop. She's so annoying. Why is she annoying? Because she won't stop talking about her wedding. Everything's about the wedding. I seriously did not notice that that much. She literally said, I think it'll all be cleared up before the rehearsal dinner tomorrow night. But that's what she has to. That's what. Why? I think you're just annoyed about the a wedding. You know how annoying it is when someone's about to get married. It's all they yeah. talk about. But, but it's also like, yeah, that's three days one before. Person that is, is dead. all you talk about. But yes. Somebody is dead. Somebody dead, I would have canceled the wedding. I would have somebody immediately canceled. Somebody that you canceled. were friends with is dead and someone else that no, you were friends like with two doors down. is missing. Yeah, you know, you cancel the wedding. So now will you admit that it's a little annoying that she's like, I think it's fine. He's going to be released before the rehearsal dinner. And I'm like, stop well, talking about your wedding, Rachel. We'll get, yeah, that's true. But I do have some. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Yes. Rachel tells the police that she and Dan were about to get evicted. So she's the one that tells them about their extreme money problems. Of course, they're still having this big wedding because that's what you do when you're about to get evicted. She says Dan Wozniak had borrowed money from dangerous people who were threatening him. He owed them $2,200, which to me does not seem, I mean, like if you were in that, I just don't, it doesn't seem like that big of an amount. Mm -hmm. Like it's a big amount, but not like life do the people break kneecaps over two thousand dollars? Maybe yeah. I guess. I just feel like I know enough people that I could resource borrowing two thousand dollars to avoid getting my kneecaps shattered. I could get like a couple hundred here, a couple hundred here. I would just ask people I know. But they, but they only they do musical theater. They don't know anyone with money. But neither of them have like fifty a bucks here could... or family. Like, yeah, I know. Obviously, my parents would give it to me. But I'm thinking, but if you don't have a family like that, there's still enough people in your life, hopefully, that you could scrounge up two thousand dollars. It's like no, paying for emergency medical treatment. I don't know. I think sometimes you just can't. But I don't know how they're affording this wedding. Take some stuff back. Right. Cancel something. How are they going to yeah, pay well, for the deposits, wedding if they can't? Pay if you the have two? deposits in, no, I have no uh, idea. This is such a yeah. and. Not to be a big thing, but you and I do feel the same way about this, is that we would both rather spend the money on, like, a house than on, like, a giant expensive wedding. No shame to people who do it. We have friends who have had expensive weddings and they've loved them. No, it's beautiful. That's just what's more important to them than having the savings. I would rather have the savings and have, like, a smaller thing. Um, But it's a personal choice. So Sam gave Dan a ride And Dan came – okay, so Dan had said he was going to go get the money that he owed to these people who were going to break his kneecaps. Sam the vet gave him a ride. Dan came back alone and with $400. 
Very weird. So the cops ask Rachel, well, didn't this seem odd? Like, did he tell you anything about helping Sam escape? Mm-hmm. And what does Rachel say to the cops at this moment? This is our second balls inside of me moment. She says, do you want to say it? Yeah. I'll be the yeah. cop. Huh? This is Jess Betancourt, the host of DNA ID, the only true crime podcast that exclusively covers cases solved using forensic genealogy. DNA ID goes behind the headlines to answer your questions about this remarkable new crime-solving tool, how it works, how cases are selected, why the cases were unsolved for so long, and how the justice system is addressing it. I include input from law enforcement to give you the inside scoop that we all crave with a straightforward, no-nonsense delivery. You can find DNA ID on any podcast platform. Episodes come out weekly on Mondays. Did Dan tell you anything about helping Sam escape? Hells no. (laughs) My mic fell over because it's just so excited. Hells no. It's so... uh, Rachel. I understand why, like, people don't, like, young people. And I'm getting to that curmudgeon age where I'm like, young people. Who says hells no when they're talking to a police officer about a murder? A Disney princess. Hells no. Hells, hells, hell's to, no, officer. Is, would hells to the no been worse or better worse. than hells no? Worse. 50% worse. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. So Rachel goes to Violet, who has the now ex-husband, hmm, and she's comforting her. And then Violet takes Rachel to her parents so she can confess to them, Dan is in jail and I think 99% we might have to cancel the wedding now. Maybe. Because now he's in jail. Because he's a jailbird. Yeah. Still not sure. There's still a 1% chance maybe mm-hmm. that he'll get out and we could still do this wedding. So Dan asks to talk to the detectives. This is when it all comes out. He says, there was no, Sam didn't kill Julie. Sam didn't ask me to escape. I killed Sam and I killed Julie. So Dan Wozniak says he lured Sam to one theater where he performed in town. He shot him there. Then he went to another theater in town, and he performed that night with Rachel in the musical Nine. Wow. Then he texted Julie from Sam's phone, pretending to be Sam, with all those, no sex, no sex, I'm very upset, come comfort me, but no sex, no sex. Can I say how excited I was? Because when that first came on very early in the episode with the no sex no sex my mom was like that's weird that's weird i'm like he didn't text it yeah it's not him he didn't text it that's a weird thing to text her reaction proves he didn't text it because she's like what are you talking about you're my brother but also the person that's texting is not smart enough to not text it again yeah the next one even though she sent that response he's still (laughs) like i'm gonna stick to that i'm gonna stick to that no sex no sex uh so you had not seen the original no, but I had heard it in a podcast. I don't gotcha. remember which one. I feel bad. I would plug it right now, but it was one of the true crime podcasts that I listened to. Okay. I, they had covered it, gotcha. but I didn't remember that part, gotcha. the text message. So um, he lured Julie into Sam's apartment and shot her, cut her pants with scissors, and wrote that message, all yours, F-U, on her sweatshirt. God. Um, then he disposed of Sam's body. And performed another show the next night with Rachel in the musical Nine. So he's laughing to the cops, like in that 
maniacal laugh like that he's trying to do like a crazy villain would do and he's like they're like why'd you do this and he's like money <laughs> and insanity <laughs> like he's did you not did you i'm amazed that you did not f- f- play well i guess we'll get to it like how much he's trying to play up that insanity to play it's the first it's- thing he says to them when he comes in to confess is okay so i'm insane and I did it. That's what he, this is his announcement. He announces yeah. it and then throughout sprinkles in. Right, right. And then and it comes even, in that's later. That's so interesting. You didn't notice it that? It does come in later. Oh, much? Yeah, it does. Yes, yeah. it does. So, but so, then. So you think this was all part of his plan? Oh, if my. He got caught and it's so poorly executed for this actor to do this laugh. The why did. Why? Like money, an evil, like a Sweeney Todd. Money. He was like performing in Sweeney Todd. And it was because it was a stage laugh. He goes, money yeah. and insanity. <laughs> <laughs> a Dateline like cuts it off. And I'm like, yeah. thank God. <laughs> because that is, it's painful to watch. It's like a bad performance when you go to a bad play of which Kimberly yeah. and I have been to several. So many. Where you want to leave an intermission, but where you, you can't want to leave, they know that you're there, and then and you, they want to say hi to you after the and show. And we're the cops, like you and me, when we're in a bad show, and we can't Gripping, look at each other, can't look at each other, like actively looking away from each other yeah. because I'm worried I'll see your mouth quiver with right. laughter, and then I'll start laughing. Right, and so we're both worried about laughing, and we're both not yeah. even looking at the stage, but like staring at inanimate yeah. objects around the <laughs> stage to try to keep yourself from laughing. On a scene that's supposed to be very, very serious. Oh my god, it's happened so many times. When someone has made the character choice to have a lisp, and it's oh un- god, and it's unsure why, nor is it fitting. Oh my god, oh, it man. makes my heart hurt. Sorry, it's so, so good. Okay. Um. So <sighs> Sam, it turned out, had quite a bit of money. He had sixty thousand dollars in the bank, and yeah. this brings up future motive. Is like. Dan obviously only got 400 because that's what the ATM would let him get. Mm -hmm. But was he planning to keep taking money out and hope that the police would just think it was Sam who was on the run taking money out? But are there no cameras at ATMs anymore? Right. And how did he – long did he think he could take money out? Can I tell you what I think probably was the plan was for – I am assuming if they had searched Dan – and uh, Rachel's apartment, they would have found a black hat. And this would have been the instance where mm-hmm. he would have worn the black hat to the Into ATM. A bank? Yes. To the ATM to disguise his appearance and worn possibly a beard glued I on. I was just going to say, yeah. I wish glue. Sam had a mustache because I know we would find a fake mustache yeah. in Dan's apartment and he was gonna go and be like this is my greatest acting challenge ever i will go to this bank and i will trick them into giving me all my money but it's sam's money and i'm pretending to be sam i will practice his signature i will walk with a slight limp because i'm a veteran who was maybe wounded remind me to come back to this because the the black hat may come with someone who comes in soon oh it's right now we meet a new guy, Chris Williams, who sings jazz. Correct. Ish. Kind ish kind of jazz ish. He's a performer. He's a he's a performer. He has a small following. Did you look him up? No. But the Dateline producer tweeted something. Don't look him up because Dateline producer tweeted something that I want to share with you. 
Oh no, I'm not ready. Yeah. I'm so because I have a lot of questions. I know nothing about jazz music. Okay. Jazz is the we're gonna jam together. And then it's like right. Yeah. Scatting. Yeah. That doesn't sound like that at all. That what I just did was sad. Yeah. What Chris was doing was was he scatting? No, I don't know what he was doing. Jazzy. Was... I think he's a jazzy kind of musician, but what jazz musicians do you know? Like Dizzy Gillespie or something? A good person? <laughs> Katie. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah, you're done. Um, so, uh, yeah, okay. again. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I know. I, all I'll say is I know nothing about music. I should not be judging, and no. yet I'm going to. No. Okay, I really want to look him up. You're sure I can't look him up? Yeah, not right. yet. Okay, so Chris met Dan and Rachel, and they totally bonded because they're all performers. The, this, this was a little strange, but and I didn't cr- quite understand why it was relevant, but he had recently had like a big health scare, And all of his friends and family did this big fundraiser to raise money for him. And it saved his life, kind of. They never say what he was sick with. but they And they kind of made it seem like he maybe had leftover money. Regardless, he meets Dan and Rachel, who were in dire need of money because they were going to get evicted. So Chris wanted to pay it forward, I think. That was his reasoning. So that's why we hear about that? Yes. I was curious about, I didn't understand why we heard about that. Yeah, Josh goes, so you wanted to like do something nice because people had just done something nice for you and they had just given you this big amount of money. So I wasn't sure if like he was using that leftover money to go to Rachel and Dan. If so, I would be super pissed if I had given my money to Chris to save his life and then he gave it to these jerky um, community theater actors what I'm to guessing, pay their rent. No, maybe they like came because did they put on a benefit concert or did they just Perfect. do like a GoFundMe? I, I don't know. It was one of those two. Because I sort of sure thought we were seeing parts of a benefit concert. I don't know. But I'm just saying. Mm. It's icky, the whole thing. But, but anyways. I, I don't think you're, I think you're wrong is what I'm trying to say. I don't think that, I don't think it was leftover money. I think it was more of a It was like, just a paying forward. Or maybe they had given a little bit. And they no. were like didn't have any to give. No, no, no. That I believe that he had met them after this. They were new friends of his. Because they and all hang out at the same I coffee shop think, that he performs at. Correct. And I do not think that Rachel and Dan are the type that give to fundraising campaigns. I'm just gonna say it. And do we think that Chris and Rachel did a duet of Baby It's Cold Outside? Oh, for sure. And that is the rapiest of all of the <laughs> holiday songs. <laughs> And with it is I, uh, and she looks like a little child, a little blonde, innocent, doe-eyed child. Wait. That would make it even rapier. No, do you? I think, but I feel I like approve. that might be what happened. Like they sang at the coffee shop together, and then they were like, "We need to all be best friends." Yeah, something is weird about Chris, though. I'm just gonna we'll say get it. it. Some we'll of his it. answers are really weird. Like he's dumb as a box of dirt. No, he just is like, yes, yeah. No, he's not dumb as a box. You're dead wrong. You really think that? You I think he's do. He's dumb? He did one very smart thing and a many other very dumb things. Dumb things I'll get to right now. Okay, go instead ahead. I want to hear just, your argument on this because I don't know if I agree. Instead of just giving the money 
to uh-huh. Rachel and Dan. He makes up this ridiculous story that he thinks will guarantee that he will get his money back. That the money is coming from these bad guys that need it back by Friday. Why make up this story? There's so many other ways you could do this than bringing in these invisible, made-up bad guys who will break a kneecap. You could say it's your dad's money and he's a cop, so you don't want to owe him. You could say it's your mom's money and she needs it for medication, so she needs it back. Or better yet, if you have to make up a story about fake people, then maybe just don't lend these people the money. Like, don't lend these people money if you have to make up a fake story so you can get your money back. You obviously don't know or trust these people. And now you are causing everything that comes after is that this is the impetus for everything that comes after. I'm not saying everything that comes after wouldn't have happened anyways. Right. But that also, second point, we've watched a lot of TV and movies. When, in what universe, has someone needing two grand and being able to return it back in a few days ever been a legit situation? Right. That someone legitimately got back two grand. They don't have it on Tuesday, but they can return it on Friday. How are they getting two grand in three days? When they're getting married on Saturday, right? Yes. Or whenever, so like no one Sunday. in in real life or in movies or TV is desperate enough for two grand, but will be able to return it a few days later without doing something incredibly shady, like putting all the money on a horse, robbing their friend's parents' store or house, stealing it from somebody. No, it never is a legit way of like, I am owed two grand by my boss. I'll be able to pay you back in three days. That's not legit. No, you're totally it's, right. Yep. You're stealing it or gambling or doing something shady if you are saying, I will give you two grand and I need it back within the next week. Yeah. That never ends up well. Correct. Ever. No, you're totally, totally right. I'm so glad you see my point. No, there so, is. Yeah, there is absolutely. And, and Chris brought that element of... um. I know there was already a timeline because of the eviction, but but he brought this act of physical danger but, into it by threatening like kneecaps and threatening to kill people. But what is the theme through all of these people's lives and all of this like rigmarole? Drama. Drama. These are drama yeah. folks and like drama in their life. Right. They're all performers. Yeah. They all mm-hmm. thrive on this drama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is, of course, he would go to that level. He's yes. like, you know, that seems totally normal to make up that story instead of a different story. I can story. think of five plays off the top of my head that have that same plot. I'm going to do it in my real life. It'll be so exciting. Exactly. And it ruins everything. So on Friday, Chris goes to Dan and says, Wait, he's scary. what is this Friday? When are these people getting married? On a Wednesday? I'm guessing... The following week, the following Saturday mm-hmm. or Monday, Friday, Correct. Saturday or Sunday. Yes. Yes. It is the next week. So on Friday, Chris goes and says, well, man, it's Friday. These scary guys need their money back or they're going to break your kneecaps or whatever the story is. Again, don't lend people money 
if you don't trust them enough to just give it back to you without having to make up hitmen. So, anyways, I'm sorry. I just get very upset. It's just so dumb and unnecessary. It's not great. Okay. So, Dan says, oh, yeah, I'm going to go get your money right now. Sam is going to drive me. Sam. Does Dan not have a car? (laughs) That's a great question. Is Rachel, why is Rachel marrying Dan? No one knows. No one knows. Maybe she doesn't have a car either, because why wouldn't he take her car? No, I, I mean, we neither, know why he took Sam, but how did? why was Sam okay with going with him? And this is not a shade situation, guys. We're not saying you can't not have a car, but in Los Angeles, it is you, unbelievably difficult to not have yeah. a car. Yeah. And this is before Uber and oh, Lyft yes, and all way that. Before. So you are, you're in no, on the bus for hours. You are a loser that is constantly bumming off of your friends. Or taking and, the bus, so maybe, you're up to an hour late everywhere you go because it's the bus in LA, which is terrible. But they they had to they had to have a car if he's driving to the different performances. Remember, they're going to nine. Right. They have to go perform but, like but all over LA. At that point, could he have been taking Sam's car after he killed him? No, that's not happening. Because how was he getting there every other night? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they enacted a whole carpool amongst the cast or something. Oh, good lord. So, yeah, I know. Can you imagine the carpool ride to the performances of Nine with all these community players in the car? Oh, my God. Do you think that they just switched <laughs> off musicals? And what yes! was the hot musical in 2000? Yes! Was, had Wicked just come out in 2010? When Maybe. No, because it was – no, because they just had their 10-year or their 15-year. So they had been out, though. Yeah, but I still feel like they would go to rent. Oh, cabaret. Definitely rent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it would be like, tonight we're going to sing rent. And then they would do, they would have a rent sing along on the way to the the rehearsal. 5,000, 2,500. Yeah. And then somebody's trying to do the runs at the end. Yes. <laughs> like someone's yes. really, and really people trying in to the do the cars runs. Cars on the outside are staring into this car. And they love it. These, they're yes, laughing they their love asses it. off. They're, yeah, but they but they love it. They love the people. Staring. Yes, they think they're we're getting they're attention. Like, we cheered Everyone up. Their, we us. cheered up their day. Come and then, they, and then one of them rolls up the window. <laughs> Come see nine tonight at the Fullerton Playhouse, and then rolls it back. The world's up. a stage, and we are merely actors. We make even this car our performance vehicle. Okay, I'm going to ask you of a percentage likelihood that Dan also performed at Renaissance Fair. That is the Gaston thing that I couldn't get out of my it's head. Ren, That's from the puffy shirt. Yeah, I yeah, am yeah, picturing yeah. him in at Renfair 100%. And also, yes. no shade on Renfair, folk, because they no. seem like they're having a blast. And so yeah. I am not going to knock that because that is their world. And they do these fun builds. I had a friend who was really into it. And it's like a whole community. It is like a community theater. And I they, have a they friend do it who, once a year. Yes. And they I, love her it. and her husband would travel every yes. weekend to Ren Fairs to sell their jewelry. That's and fun. And they loved it. See, it's like a whole vagabond lifestyle. That seems we, like very it's fun. It's like the, the, the little things that people get really nerdy about. I love. Yeah, it's I the love. best. It's the best. I, it's I, just, no, there's no shame. When you combine that with murder yeah, and, and musical with the theater. Pretension, the and pretension possible. that goes along with loving certain things. You know who he is. Don't do it. Hold it. Hold it. Okay. Um, I just realized. Okay, so... Write it down, though. I won't forget. Chris says, give me the money. Dan says, 
Sam is going to go with me. He goes and he was supposed to be gone. Like they thought like five, 10 minutes or something to go get this money. Instead, they're gone for like three hours and Rachel is just sitting there with Chris and Chris said she was really nervous and she was looking for jobs online and she seemed very stressed. And Dan finally returns three hours later without Sam the vet and has $400 with him. He like throws the money at Chris and Chris says he's shaking and breathing really hard and just like wild eyed out wild eyed. He said, what did he say? It was like a, a panic, a panic attack, attack. Like in the middle yeah, of a panic like, attack. Yeah. And then she said that he, Chris says that Rachel seemed really angry, not as much nervous anymore, but now like angry. And that Chris said the mood in that apartment was really scary and he just wanted to get out. So he took a 20 out of the 400 and he left it there. And he left. 20 minutes later, he gets a call from Rachel saying, you should come back. You left a 20 here. And Chris said, no, no, I left that for you guys so you could like at least get some food to have dinner. Um, Because I, you know, he felt like this was all the money they had. And Rachel keeps saying, no, you should come back. You need to come back. And Chris is like, no, like, I'm not going back. Something is so weird. This was the smart thing he did. Yes, it was smart. Yes. So a week later. It was also nice of him to leave a 20. Very sweet. Good job, Very sweet. That was was nice. Yeah. Um, So he's getting ready to a week later. So it it was like the next Friday or so. Yeah. He's getting ready to go to Dan and Rachel's wedding. So this is so weird to me because I just feel like there was not a good communication train going on that was informing everyone that the wedding was canceled. Right. There needed to be a phone tree set up because he was clearly at the bottom of the list because he's getting dressed for the wedding. Right. And then finds out that there are all these murders and Dan is arrested and the wedding is off. I just think it's why did no one tell him sooner? Don't know. Rachel tells the police that she didn't tell them about Chris because she was scared of these knee breaker guys that Chris knew. Like didn't really know leg breakers, but they were they were made up anyways, but she did, says she didn't know that and that she was scared. So that's why she didn't say anything. So the police have Rachel take all of these tests. Lie detector test, voice stress test, three different kinds of tests. She fails them all. The shows young, and, deception. Yep. Mankey says the young actress was not convincing her audience. Yes. Good Shade. job, Mank. Yep. And they show her in the footage and her vo- it's so strange the way she talks about this. It's like so um emotionless. Oh yeah. Without tears, but in the v- surveillance footage there's a giant pile of tissues. So I'm thinking she's like doing a lot of fake crying, I would guess. Or now she's real crying because she realizes she is now in trouble. Um, but she's never cries about... We just don't the... get to see it all. I would like to see more of her interrogation. See more. Yeah. Um, she also might start crying during the test to try to throw off the test. Right. Yeah. But when we do see when they first bring her in, when they just think Dan's involved, and they're watching her to see her reaction, and it's they thought it seemed like they were running lines. She says, what happened? And he says, Sam killed Julie. And she says, why? Like, worst line readings ever. No emotions. It's really Not like, 
what? What are you talking about? Right. Why? Oh, my God. With no emotion. Well, they're musical theater actors. They needed to sing it. Yeah, exactly. He killed her. He killed her. Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) So one of the police, okay, the police phone, they're they're talking to each other on the phone and they're recording the whole thing. Right. And on one of the phone calls, he says, babe, I'm going to do something now and you're never going to see me again for the rest of your life. I Something cannot, super dramatic that like that. That was my quote of the episode. It's so overly dramatic. I mean, it's not. It's true. You aren't going to see. You aren't going to see me again for the rest of your life. And she says, "Pause, pause, pause." No. Yeah, she's pissed. No, you're not. <laughs> no. Yeah, in that tone. But like, what? what is that you aren't, it's not, and I'm going away for a long time, which is the no. obvious end of that first sentence that he says. And it says, he says, and you I don't aren't going to see understands. me again for the rest of your life. This I don't think he end. understands how the court system works. Like, there would be a million hearings and trials, and she could see him at all of them. You can have visitors in prison. Um it's it's not like he's about to go die, but he really thinks he's going away for the rest of his life. And maybe she'll leave. Maybe he thinks she'll get go away. Or maybe he thinks she's going to get put away too. And they're never going to see each other. Why is this? But why so much, so much drama? All caps. No, he does not need to say any of it like that. But it's non it's nonsense. <sighs> they're here actors. So she says no. As in, like, don't do it. Not like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, no. No, no as in stop right yeah. now. Yeah. The police think that obviously this means she knows what he's going to confess to. But as Mank points out, it could mean that she has now figured out that he has involvement in this. And that he's going to confess. I mean, it's fairly obvious at this point. So I, I'm trying to play both sides. She also says, what did you do? And he says, I think you know what I did. Which is really weird because if they're saying it because they know they're being recorded, that makes sense. But if they don't know they're being recorded, I feel like he wouldn't say, I think you know what I did. He'd be like, you know what I did. You were there. No, they think they're being recorded. So they think they're being recorded. But then I feel like he wouldn't even say, I think you know what I did. He'd be like, I don't want you to be involved in this. No, she's trying to get herself out of it. He's trying to keep her out, and she's trying to be like, oh, this all he, got so messed up. But he's doing a piss-poor job of keeping her out. He is a terrible actor. <laughs> it's really, this whole thing is just, I was like, I would, I don't even bite my nails, and I was like yeah. ripping my nails off this episode because I just couldn't. Like, I was this like, is the worst performance I've ever seen. What are we seen. doing? This needs to be the performance of your life, and it yes. is a bomb. Yes, every performance you've ever done, every acting class you've Everything ever taken is this has one. led up to this moment, and you are blowing it. Yes, you are. So here, this part, explain to me this part. Yeah. So she says to him on the phone, mm-hmm. are you the one that killed them? Now, yeah. someone on Twitter pointed out, but I didn't know if this was correct, mm-hmm. that at this point, Dan hadn't confessed. This is right before mm-hmm. he's going to confess. Mm-hmm. So at this point, no one knows that Sam is dead. They think he might still be on the run because he killed Julie. So when she says, are you the one that killed them? Is that a total tell that we kn- that she knew that Sam was dead? 
Only one do person they, online do they said know? that. Do they know that Sam is dead at this point? They I do don't know. know if have they found his body? Didn't they find it after he confessed? Oh, because he put he scattered the body. Correct. I don't think he left any of it at that theater. I think he did. He left some of it at the theater. Ooh, this is hard. I if need someone to go, can clarify this for uh, us, I'm gonna go back and in part two we'll revisit this and I'll have an answer for you. I'll watch it. I'll watch that section because this is yeah. the whole thing is a little confused. Was honestly, I had a hard time keeping up for some reason. I felt yeah, really dumb. Yeah, no, okay. I felt dumb too. I think the I'm never. I would never blame Dateline. It's just it was it was it was not super clear on the timeline. I wish they had had a visual on the screen of like actual days and times. I really wish we'd had a two hour episode on this. I got to say we could have had a two hour. Yeah, for right. sure. Yeah. So he says, you know what I did? And then he's crying on the phone. Why did I do this? Why? Why did I do this? Thus okay. begins the yes. insanity defense. So, well, I think you're right because he said it. No, you're right. Is this the first time he said it? No. And then he goes in later and he says, I'm insane. No, he says it to her I on the it. phone. He says, she says, why? No, well, no, but but did it, the stuff we were talking Sorry. about before, when he's saying, I'm insane, that hasn't happened yet? That has not happened yet. That's when he confesses? This is the beginning okay. of, and then, yes, then he goes and confesses. Correct. Okay, you're right. Okay, so this is, yes, you're right. This is the total beginning. She says... Okay, again, no emotion in her voice. Right. I love you, baby. You are so insane and so stupid. And it's so calm, like she's acting terribly in a Hallmark movie. I don't even know. Yeah, it's it so really dumb. Is. Yeah. But you here you don't know Titanic, right? Very I know well. It. Yeah, I know it enough. Why? Did this make you think of Titanic at all? No. Okay, so in Titanic, this is what I think she's doing. Or what she thinks she's doing. So in Titanic, which I'm sure was one of her favorite movies, along with Romeo and Juliet with Claire Danes and Leo. Yeah, definitely. So um, Kate Winslet was got on a safety boat, on a rowboat, and she's on her way to safety. Right. But at the very last minute, she gets off to go be with Leo. Right. And when she runs to him, he's like so mad that she may have just given away her chance at safe you know so he's like you're so stupid rose you're so stupid as he's kissing her right and it's like super romantic and i think that's kind of what she was trying to do but instead she did it with no emotion at all almost like if you were in an audition the person the casting director has someone read it and they read lines like this i love you baby you are so insane and so stupid exactly and you have to react to that right exactly <laughs> yeah. oh my yeah. goodness and then she the next sentence yes she says he says um oh yes yeah. so, so she goes i know in your twisted little mind you were doing it be again insanity you're so right on i'm this. so no i was like yeah you're this so right insane. i know in your twisted little mind you were doing it because here this part's weird you wanted to be happy with me not you wanted me to be happy it's like almost oh. further removing herself i feel like she's making herself not the motive like she's separating herself so they won't say well she was money hungry or she wanted the money so he did it for her so instead of saying you wanted me to be happy she says you wanted to be happy with me 
Um, That's a really, really interesting. Weird I didn't, phrasing. I didn't take it like that, but I like the way you're thinking. I did not think she is doing that. You're totally right. She's further removing herself. But I took it more like you want us to be happy in our future. You want to be happy well, that's with what me. She's saying, but normally you would say you want us to be happy together. Yeah, you want us to be, have is... a happy life. But instead, she's saying you want to be happy with, with me. me. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. Um, and then she says, "And I hate you for screwing it up." And at the end, she kind of almost tries to make it like her voice is cracking, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work. Exactly. But she's trying. Yeah. And I hate you for screwing it up. Like, our future is ruined. So Dan Wozniak confesses, and then he calls Rachel and tells her everything. And What? No, he calls Rachel first. And then he calls her again after he confesses. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And tells her everything, like explains the details okay. of what exactly happened, what he just mm-hmm. told the cops. This is the part where the cops, again, again, I really don't like Rachel But I don't think there's a ton of evidence that shows that she knew about this ahead of time. They are basically judging solely on her reactions to things. Right. Well, the lie detector tests are big. And the fact that she asked Chris to come back are big. But those could be that she found out about the murders after. Um, Like when Chris came back from murdering Sam... I mean, Dan came back from murdering Sam. He told her. And then she's like, we have to call Chris. He was just here. Right. He saw you with Sam. We have to kill him. Like, he, she could have found out after. Right. I don't know. But the police are just going by her impression. So he's telling her exactly what he did. And she's asking questions that they think makes her sound super guilty. Because she's asking really detailed questions about things that aren't as important. But to me, those are what I would ask too. Right. Like dumb questions. You know, like on like the Golden Girls and someone will be like, I hit a mailbox when I was at a fast food drive through. My car's totaled. And then like Rose will say, I thought you weren't going to have fast food anymore. And they're like, stick to the point of the story. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I know what you're saying. And if something's so overwhelming, like a murder, you would focus on these little details that don't freak you out as much. By asking little questions, you know? Yeah. Um, so she asked, how did you get Wesley involved? And how yeah. come nobody heard the gun? And he says, well, I just, I guess got, I got lucky. But the police are more thinking she should be asking like, why did you do this? How could you do this? And instead she's, but she's a very particular person, I think. Like a very. I know. I think she's trying to get him to say more. I think she's just... You think she's trying to fish... I think she is in full self-preservation mode. She's also trying to get her story as straight as she possibly can from him. She doesn't know when the next time she'll talk to him is. She's probably taking notes. Interesting. What did he say happened? Where was I during that time? Yeah, she's got to come up with her own timeline. But we've seen on Datelines, real fiancés find out horrible things, and usually they're blubbering mess, and they're saying, how could you do this? I can't even look at you. What no, are you I, doing? No, I understand. Like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. She's, she's doing it wrong. She is still. doing No, yes, she's doing it wrong. But I do kind of think that I might be one of those people who asks, like, the really, like, when my friend was hit by a car, I would be like, what happened? Like, did it hurt? Did it ruin those jeans that you love? Like, that's what I would ask instead of like, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm so overwhelmed and I don't know what to ask. So I pick something so really stupid to yeah. ask. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. 
So police, there's, this is part two of what police think, which is that um, Rachel was there the night that Dan killed Julie. And they think that because they don't think Julie would go into the apartment if it was just Dan in there. Right. And I totally disagree. I think she's a young, nice, trusting girl and they are all friends and she knows this guy Danny's engaged to her friend Rachel. So you don't think anything is going to happen. I so, think that he probably was just like, come in, he's in the back. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so she would go in if because he just said that. That's true yeah. too. But they're saying that it totally proves that she was there. No. Rachel was there. No, I don't. Because Julie wouldn't have gone in, and I think that's ridiculous. No, I think that's ridiculous. Um, and, and their other, their main problem is that Rachel just looks so sweet and was a Disneyland princess. And yeah. We've already discussed there are many books and internet stories about the raunchy things that go on with the people that work at Disneyland. Correct. So the police feel like they can only charge her for accessory to murder after a fact because she lied about the man in the black hat. And because she did not tell them that Chris was there that day with this money situation. Right. And Rachel keeps saying, I'm innocent. But she did admit that she lied about both of those things. Right. So I don't get how she keeps saying she's innocent. She's saying she's innocent of not knowing about the murders ahead of time. Correct. That's what she's saying. That's what she's saying she's innocent of. Yeah. Yes. But the charges are about lying to the police. Yeah, but she's not thinking about that. She's just trying not to get charged with anything else. Right. I gotcha. So it's now five years after the murders. And as Mank says, the lives of two young actors were playing out, not on stage, but here in court. Dan went on trial and was found guilty. And he was sentenced to death. But California never executes people. So he's going to be just fine. So (sighs) Sam wants, Sam's dad is like wants to kill him himself. And is railing. And gives the best speech ever. Yeah, he's like, this is why California needs a, a, like, a working death penalty system, which we don't. Um, And I wish this state would allow me. It's, like, got very political. I feel like he's like, and and I wish this state would allow me to get in there and kill him myself. But California, this state does not allow me that, you know? So he needs to get, just get involved with justice reform, I think. Um. He might be. Yeah, he might be. I think he's very powerful. So, and he doesn't have erectile dysfunction anymore because he's in those commercials. So <laughs> Julie's Julie's mom is crying and that was just beyond terrible. Oh, so sad. Julie's mom's statement too, but those are, yeah. we'll get to them. So sad. So Rachel tells Mankey that she was honest to the police. My God. As our friend Jody from Reality TV podcast, who I love, as she would say, uh, yeah, and I'm close to my goal weight. Sure. <laughs> um, she goes on trial. Rachel goes on trial. And I mean, I, we're not going to go into fashion police, but does she not look like she was like auditioning for Tangled or something? Yeah. Well, like, yeah. She did herself up for this trial. Violet testifies against her. Oh. Violet, her old friend, saying she thinks she probably knew about the murders and says the night that Sam disappeared when Dan was saying, was I the last one to see him? Again, why would you say that? Unless you're trying to set up, like, your defense, like, but you knew that you were the last one to see him, but it didn't mean you killed him because you were worried about it. 
Like, no, he just, thinks he's being great. He's like, wait, was I the last one to see him alive? Right? Oh my goodness. Yes. Oh no. No, he's yes. Oh, he's yeah. such a oh uh, god. Uh, so Dan is saying that, and Rachel is saying to him, "Shut up, Dan. No, be quiet. That's not what happened." Yeah, like, exactly. Yelling at him to stop talking and saying that's not what happened. Um, so that's what made Violet think that she was in on it. Yeah. And then Chris says, obviously, Rachel knew because she was trying to get me to come back to the apartment. They were going to kill me because I had seen Dan with Sam. So I knew that they had left together and then he had come back without Sam. Like he was a loose end. I think it's a little more complicated than him just seeing him with Sam. But, um, with da- with him just seeing Dan and Sam together is the reason they wanted him to come back. We'll get to it in all in alternative theories, but I, I don't think it's as simple as that. Okay. Yeah, I think it involved more drama. Oh, okay. So Rachel's lawyer says that she was stressed because... <laughs> Rachel's lawyer says that she was stressed because of wedding planning. I could not even. You just had a wedding. I mean, two years ago, a year ago, two years ago. Was it a year or two years ago? A couple years ago at a wedding. Were you stressed enough to murder someone? Absolutely not. And if you are, you're doing it wrong. I don't know what yeah, to say. Maybe don't get married. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's not great. Also, did you notice Rachel kept saying using God in her in her, in her talking with Mank? She mentioned, yeah. she mentioned God several times. And I was like, we get yeah. it. We got it. Just yeah. like he mentioned insanity. Now it's God. Uh, She's huh? a good Christian princess. Good. It's for like you, they're in an, like a acting class, and someone's like, "This is your catchphrase. <laughs> you're you're Joey on Full House." And instead of saying "cut it out," you talk about God or insanity. Exactly. <laughs> like oh that's your thing. Um, but the the stress of the wedding that just blew me away, and because of the murder, and that's why her stories sometimes didn't make sense. I understand maybe forgetting that Chris was there that day, even though you were with him for three hours. But in exactly. like being stressed doesn't make you to make up a person with a hat that was not mm-hmm. there. Unless it happened on another day she saw Sam with the guy with the hat and then just mix, mix up her days. That I could see happening. But really, I think what was likely was her and Dan came up with that together. The man with the hat. Absolutely. Um, the prosecutor says, look, we all know Dan is a monster, but he's her little monster. Oh, brother. <laughs> that made me want to barf. I, th- I think I threw up a little in my mouth. Uh, so she is found guilty. Thank God. So it's her sentencing now. And the my favorite part of Rachel's sentencing is that just like Sabrina Lamone and the Secrets of Silver Lakes Wolfpack lady who looked like a two like she looked like that girl on Seinfeld who was in a booth and then it, she was unattractive and then in certain lights she looked way better she was a two-face um and the, like I'm a two-face it's uh, once you get older I think it's inevitable shadows not your friends no right really not and then like I was just watching Golden or Girls light. yeah and they were Dorothy was like always look at yourself with the mirror holding it up like, don't ever look over a mirror because your face falls forward and it's the scariest thing ever. Yeah. And then she says, look from behind like you're looking up into a mirror. And then that. Blanche Let's... says, I look gorgeous. I'm going to have to start meeting men lying down. And then Sophia says, I thought you already did. Oh, uh, Sophia. Yeah. yeah. So, but anyways, 
it's not that she, uh, Rachel looks much older, but you can tell there's deep, deep sadness in her eyes. And I think it is because she is now not allowed to wear makeup. Yeah. It's weighing on her. I think she looks terrified. I think half of it is that she doesn't think she looks that good. And half of it is that she might get some jail time. Really? I think half of it is that she's been in jail. Yeah. She's scared. So she says that she's very sad for them, the families. And she... In her interview? Sorry, in her interview with Mank, she says that? No, this is the hearing. Oh, I don't remember her speaking. I only remember the parents speaking. She reads a statement. Uh Uh-huh. She says that she is very sorry for the losses of the families. No emotion. She's reading it. Uh-huh. Um, and she's very sorry for anything she's done that has caused the family's pain. And then she says, I wanted to reach out to the families, but I didn't think they would want to hear sympathies from a stranger, someone they've never met. So she hopes that her not reaching out to them has not been misconstrued. How about they don't want to hear from the fiance of the man who killed their children? That is more likely. Than a stranger. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they would love to hear from a stranger that knew and loved their children. Not the The one that was involved with the, possibly involved in. Yeah. The murder. In their demise, yeah. Yeah. So, but she's reading it. There's, again, no emotion. Yeah, she's really, yeah. No tears. She never even, she's not upset that they're dead. She's just upset with her situation. Yeah. I just, I, I think she and Dan are, like, without empathy. I think they are possibly sociopaths. Two sociopaths who found each other and bonded. Yeah, maybe. I I think they're like, two narcissists. Narcissists as well, for sure. Yeah, I can't. I was not reading... everyone can be a so, but there are a lot of sociopaths. So maybe, yeah, many sociopaths commit murder because I feel like we're saying this every single episode. No, well, I did. Sociopaths. So I did some Googling yeah. and I read an article from a, sci- a psychiatrist who is trying to get a term coined called um, empathy deficit disorder. And he says, like, it's not real. He makes it up, but he thinks that it should be a real thing because he thinks there are lots of people who have lack of empathy and it doesn't mean they're sociopathic. Okay. I think it does. I think it does too. But then in all the articles I read, like, does being lack of empathy mean that you're – they say some people, like, have lack of empathy because it's too overwhelming for them. So they kind of shut down. Like they say, for example, if you're like crying to a coworker that your parent is about to die and the coworker just walks away, it's because they like couldn't handle it. It's not because they have no empathy. It's like they have too much. And it's, and I was like, hmm, no, there are people who have lack of empathy and it is probably um, a condition and part of several different diagnoses. And I do think that two people who have that could find some in something with each within each other like they could bond do you okay do you think this psychiatrist has the disorder of lack of empathy <laughs> and so they're trying to make it a thing because they don't like the title of sociopath he's like that's Cause kind I, of you guys like to me like when they're all sitting around at the university you guys i'm not and i'm gonna write a, a thesis about why i'm not um yeah, that's that could sure. be 
it's possible. Sure. sure. But so they she's not she's not crying. Um she just never cries. She never says to Mank, I'm so sad about these people that are dead. Like not once. Does she even Neither one of them seems sad that they're seem dead. Sad. Yeah, not They seem sad of the situation they're in. They are but in. They don't seem sad about the loss of their friends in the slightest, even when Sam is supposedly missing. They're not right. worried. Yeah. Unless there's things we're not seeing, which maybe the Dayline producers nope, say. Because that- even when they are talking about that night, most times people on Dateline would cry remembering the night mm-hmm. that they found out. And they're just like Remember, she just said it changed the atmosphere of the apartment. Right. Oh, my God. Yeah. So Sam's dad is talking to Mankey, and he calls him Josh. And Josh gave a little smile. No, it's my quote. (laughs) Why are you doing all my quotes during the episode? We won't have Because I'm good at my job. You want to save it? No, no, you can say it. It's really sweet. I don't remember what he actually said. I just oh. know that he called him Josh and it made Josh smile. It's really cute. He says, he asks him if he feels like he has enough, like, justice, basically. And he's like, he or he knows what happened. And he's like, well, we can't know everything 100%, Josh. It's really sweet. It's sort and of Josh, like, like, kind of smiles. The way he says it is almost like, well, we can't know everything 100%, son. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> very much that tone of voice. Oh, It's pretty sweet. It's adorable. I do think they bonded, Sam's dad and Josh. Yeah, um, I think so too. And Julie's mom is, of course, still devastated and her dad, but the mom does most of the talking. They're yeah. just, they're adorable and just so sad. And then we go back to Chris. Now, Chris is again, for some reason, he is fake crying and making his bottom lip quiver, his whole chin does this quiver. You're sure he's making that happen? Yeah, because I'm, no tears gonna... are coming out. And he is patting himself on the back for coming forward to the police. Yeah, he yes. said, this whole time, I've, th- well, the Josh is doing it in voiceover first. He's like, and Chris is left to think if he could have done something to prevent the murders. And then Chris himself says, I just kept thinking this whole time, you know, what what I could have done. And then that day after I testified, I felt like I did it. And I'm si- am I wrong or is like a ton of this his fault? Yeah. Like, you're not wrong. He's patting himself on the back like Correct. could he have stopped these murders, but he was the accelerant behind these murders. And I want to scream and have Josh go, "But why did you tell that stupid story?" Yeah, and put I'm, again, away the lighter fluid. Yeah, why? and you again, did this. I am not saying that Dan and Rachel would not have s- tried to murder Sam anyways for the money to get their rent. We don't know. They totally were going to be evicted, and maybe we're going to do that anyways. But I do not think the story about these leg breakers coming to attack him because you know dan is like i've done stage combat but i'm not he's not a tough guy he's like never been in a real fight and he was a wussy that was scared that somebody was gonna attack him or hurt him and these bad dudes are after him who knows what they are like mob people or like what are they called the lone sharks you know you don't know what they're capable of that did not help the situation and that spurred them on further we do again i'm not saying that they wouldn't have already murdered someone 
it's quite possible, but it definitely did not help. And so Chris needs to not pat himself on the back for this at all. Like, at all. Why didn't they just ask Sam to borrow the money? Yeah, good question. Sam had a lot of money and seemed like a really nice guy. Why didn't they just ask him? I don't know. we, We need two grand to get married. We're hoping to get some money from our wedding. We'll pay you back when... When we, after we get married. But I don't get it because do you make money on a wedding? In my experience with hearing about weddings, you're lucky if you break even. Like if the gifts make up for the cost. Of course. No, you're, I mean, but that's silly. That never is going to make up for the cost, no matter what, unless your wedding is not, I don't know. I don't know. Right, like a cheap little wedding and then you still get big but, checks but so but what are they will thinking? probably get checks i'm guessing maybe from family or friends and so maybe they said we will use our wedding you know our wedding gift money to to pay you back but we can't pay you back until after the wedding really sorry or you know what i'm saying yeah i don't under you're right the whole like three day payback scenario is insane it doesn't no, make any sense it never works out well that's when people in movies plan a heist Or they rob someone unfortunate person who they knew who had like a store and it goes bad and that person gets shot. And it's all because they needed a quick fix of money to pay somebody back. Are we missing something? No, it's well, it's their reason. But I don't get why they have this expensive wedding and then they have this rent money due. I think they just got way in over their heads with maybe credit cards and they lost or they put down down payments for wedding stuff because you put down deposits, right? And you won't get them back. So even if you cancel the flowers, you're still going to get charged a bunch. I think Dan maybe had made some deals that he didn't fall through, that fell through, and he was trying to be a big man and, like, make money for them. Nothing about their plan was good money planning. <laughs> you don't have a wedding when you're literally being a – you got an eviction notice the week before. That's why I feel like we're missing a piece of this puzzle. Well, we're missing, for sure, parents stepping in and saying, what the hell are you doing? You guys are irresponsible kids that do not have jobs. You cannot be doing this. You can't even pay your rent. But how did we go from, what was his plan? Why was he, how is, okay, we're going to get into this in part two. This is it for our this is it for our recap. But we will be back in part two with all of the extra tidbits and I have a lot of outside information and some stuff that Kimberly wants to know. I'm also gonna rewatch that part and come back with a timeline. Okay. Great. Because we need to figure out there's a lot of open questions here. Where is the gun from? Also there watch the part where she's reading her letter. I'm going to. But but where's the part with there's something about Sam had a gun, but how did Was the gun what? Sam's? Did they say, did he tell Sam we're going to meet the loan shark? Right. And Sam was Bring a big buff guy who would be like, I'll come with you. I'll be your bodyguard. Like, I'm sure they, like, because he was big and he's like, I'll bring my gun. Don't be scared. Which uh, is even sadder because he was like such a nice but guy. But then that he, he also do that. met Chris and Chris knew he wasn't going to meet the bodyguard. I mean, he, sorry, Chris sorry. Didn't, Chris never gave away that there was no shark. No, but Chris. Chris was in the room with Sam and Dan when Dan said, Sam's giving me a ride, correct? No, we they don't actually make that clear. They almost make it seem like it was like a passing in the hallway type situation. Like he so saw you. So who knows what he actually told Sam, what exactly. they were going to do. But Chris was aware that he had left with Sam 
and that only and then he came back alone. But we don't know if there was like a full discussion about it. We don't. We don't know if they were all three in the apartment at the same with time Rachel. sitting down right. with Rachel. Right. Because Rachel will never That's tell the kind truth. of how I said it, but there are when they describe it, they almost make it seem like one of like two of them were walking by and one person was walking on the upper level of the apartment complex and saw them. You know, like we don't really know exactly what happened. But why does that matter? Oh, because Chris would know the truth. Chris would tell the truth on like if Sam knew he was going to go meet some. But no, because Chris would never say, yes, go meet these loan sharks because he knows there are no loan sharks. So he would never say... No, that's what I'm saying. Do you, yeah, do you good luck what I'm saying? going yeah. to see the loan shark. No, he, he would not say that. Dan obviously just said, I'm going to get the money. And he was going to give it to Chris directly because there were no loan sharks. Um, yeah, so I don't know what he told Sam. Yeah, so that's the question. What did Dan tell Sam and why was there a gun that was brought? How did it get from point A to the theater where Sam was killed? I mean, did if Chris didn't know Sam, if they hadn't hung out, if they were just like conjoining circles and they had never actually crossed paths, right. Sam or Dan might have said to Sam, it's this guy that's coming over that wants my money and he's going to break my kneecaps. But then Chris shows up and he's kind of like a nice guy, you know, and Sam would be like, he's not, it doesn't seem that scary. And Dan would be like, no, he's really scary. He said he'd kill me if I don't get this money. This is also going to become a question of how much the uh, Rachel and Dan knew about Sam's past. Right. And they all seem to know about it. They all and seem that's to know why... about it. And so we'll see if your opinion changes when I tell you what he was, what Sam was accused of. Right. Yeah. I don't think they probably had done the research you did. I think they probably only heard what Sam told but them. Even if Sam told them the bare bones. Right. Then the bare bones were he had gotten in trouble, but no, had gotten no. off. I'm saying he only told them like a little bit of like what exactly it was. Right. But like, they knew he had, she said, we knew he had spent some time in jail. Yes. So, so even that is enough to make him the scapegoat, right? Oh, no matter yeah. what he was in jail no, for. No, but I'm saying that depending on what Dan told Sam they were going to do, Sam would absolutely bring a gun based on his, his past. past. Gotcha. Correct. Which you're going to tell me Which more I'm about. Which I'm going to tell you more about in part, in part two. two. Cliffhanger. What's a cliffhanger noise? Dun, dun, dun. There we go. That was terrible. Oh, my God. It's great. Okay. Thanks. Bye, everybody. See Bye. you in part two. Who am I? Who am I? You see, it's true. This man bears no more guilt than you. Who am I? Two, four, six, seven.